I can remember watching like Scott Direck and he was like introducing all the people, all the competitors who, who had got a chance of winning it. And he said his age and he was the same age as me. We were the same age. And I just looked at him, this man who'd won all the, these. And he was, he looked youthful, he looked slim. And I just looked, looked at myself and just thought, what have I done? What <laughs> have I done to myself? And I just looked at him and thought, yeah. And I thought, well, if it can work for them, then it can work for me. And I just made, I just said, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to run 100 miles. And then it just clicked into my head like a lot of things do to me. Just, I just thought, I'm not going to do, I thought I'm going to do 100 miles. I'm going to do it in a year. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Running Tales podcast, where we tell the extraordinary stories of everyday runners. My name's Craig Lewis and this week's guest is Richard Wilcox. Now, regular listeners to the Running Tales podcast will remember Richard's episode with Ben Davis when the pair of them took on a 100-mile canal race. And they spoke in depth about the anatomy of that race and what it takes to complete it. I'd really recommend people go back, have a little listen to that episode as well. But on today's episode, I spoke to Richard about his own story, and it's a pretty remarkable one. He went from a self-proclaimed 18-stone couch potato to running a 100-miler all within one year. We talked about the mindset it takes to complete such a challenge and the power for good and bad of an addictive personality. But I started off my conversation with Richard by asking him whether he'd always been into running. I have run before, uh, obviously at school, and then uh, I did amateur boxing from the age of 12 all the way through into my army career. And, and obviously I was in the army as well, so they made me run. Uh, back then I didn't really like it. it was something that they made you do uh, and obviously being fit part of, of 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 that sort of life so yeah when I left the army uh, I didn't really do much exercise or fitness uh, I think I'd spent so much time uh, boxing that I think it, it just put me off and I just thought I just want to be normal uh, and and I became sedentary for most of my adult life after I came out of the army. So it was uh, I just put on a load of weight, uh, and and that's how I came back in. Like, well, that's when I running uh, in a way, just like uh, yes. Yeah, so if I, if I go. So if I go like from there, like yet yeah, so running was something that I did. I didn't really like uh, something that just made was just to keep fit. It wasn't a passion or, or anything like that. And then obviously from my adult life, uh, I got big. I got really, really big. Uh, so I'm only a, I'm only a small man. Uh, I'm only like five foot four, uh, and the heaviest I got up to just before I started running was 18 stone. Right. Uh, so for somebody who's, who's as small as 18, like for, for people, for men who are six foot, 18 stone, I imagine you're rather six foot. Uh, it's not much of a problem, maybe, if you want to become a runner, even that uh, in being six foot, maybe to lose somebody at five foot four, uh, it was a big problem. Uh, I'd and because of that, I'd had mental health problems as well, uh, due to to things that I'd I'd gone through as a child and also in the army. Uh, and so about five years ago, uh, they came to to the to the forefront of my life and were quite debilitating at the time, and 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 so for. For two years, I struggled through. Uh, I, I'd done talking therapy. Uh, I'd done all the other sort of therapies, and and nothing really stuck. Really, and and 
I tried and it, it helped and then I'd like fall back in, into into things again. Uh I'm quite an addictive sort of personality, so it was like it was like a, a big sort of storm really. Uh and then I went on holiday three years ago, so it would have been August of twenty twenty. And uh we had a brilliant holiday until the last the last couple of nights and I really lost. Uh, and my wife basically gave me a, a, an ultimatum, said, you need to sort yourself out. Uh, we can't go on like this, not fair on my children. So. And so I came back from that holiday thinking, is my, is my, is my marriage over? What's going to happen? And... and I just thought I needed to take a, a different approach. And so I, I thought, yeah, I'm going to lose weight. I'll feel sorry. I'll feel better about myself. Uh, start going to the gym and, and all that sort of stuff. I, the thing is, though, I tried this like lots and lots of times before uh, yeah. and it just didn't work. I, I can remember about 10 years ago, I lost a lot of weight, not as much as I lost uh this time around, I lost a lot of weight, but then I put it straight back on again. Uh, and I was run, doing running and gym, and it, it just went straight back on again. And so I got this cycle of, of eating, and and, uh, and obviously trying to lose weight, and then putting it back on this sort of yo-yo dieting that, that most of our, our uh, first world uh, countries to deal with now yeah so but i just thought to myself i just thought yeah i'm just gonna try so when i got back off holiday which is the middle of august i started to uh to look at different diets and i really looked at like the paleo sort of diet and it really stuck out to me because and really it was just cutting out all the bad stuff and and adding things on that that were that were good and so I started that and I saw a bit of breakthrough and it was it was in the September that I hadn't oh like I was really big I was eighteen stone and uh, and so I just started walking and I was going to go to the gym and I remember sitting in my shed where I am at the moment and I was I was just pottering about but I've got uh, I've got a, like a telly in here uh, just so when I'm doing stuff in here I can just like watch YouTube uh, when you got like when you you live with four women you, you need somewhere to go <laughs> and, and, and just uh, they just overtake the house and so it was my place where I could go just to to, to be on my own and I can remember watching uh, YouTube and uh, a film called Unbreakable came on uh, and basically, it was about the Western States uh, that year. It was quite an old film. It was got Killian, John Etting, uh, Al Corner, and, and a few others. And uh, I thought I'll have a look at that. And I just watched it. And just from that moment of just watching it and explaining it, and then watching the freedom and those front runners, they, they were just. They were like more like friends than competitors, and they were chatting and running and some uh, and they were just like going down hills and they could this enjoyment that they had was just like wow that's just like unreal and just thinking about running hundred miles. Now I'd heard about ultras and some of my army friends have run them, and I'd even contemplated before thinking oh that sounds like weird. Could I do that? And I was like, no, I couldn't. But so, so I'd heard of ultras, uh, but when I watched that that documentary on YouTube, it just just changed me. I just thought, yes, I want to do this. Yeah, and I so, mean, that's uh, sorry to interrupt. That's just it sounds like such a huge step from where you were. You've got debilitating mental health problems. You've ballooned to eighteen stone. You've never really liked running in the past. I mean, that must be one hell of a documentary to make you think that's what I want to do. It was just, it was just the freedom of them. It was just, 
it was just because most of it was about uh, it was about uh, it was going to win that year because up until then it was the most competitive year that they'd had that there was like five people who could who could win it whereas uh, before then Scott Jurek had just dominated and obviously yeah. when he he fell off and I I can remember I can remember watching like Scott Jurek and he was like introducing all the people all the competitors who who had got a chance of winning it and he said his age and he was the same age as me we were the same age and I just looked at him this man who'd won all the these and he was he looked youthful he looked slim and I just looked, looked at myself and just thought what have I done what <laughs> have I done to myself and I just looked at him I thought yeah I thought well if it can work for them then it can work for me and I just made, I just said, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to run 100 miles. And then it just clicked into my head like a lot of things do to me. Just, I just thought, I'm not going to do, I thought I'm going to do 100 miles. I'm going to do it in a year. And, and then that just stuck then. But like, when I told people, uh, most of my family just laughed at me, uh, and just thought you just you've just got no chance. Uh, but my wife, who knows me the best, looked at me thought you're going to do this, and I went yeah, because she knows I'm I'm an all or nothing type of guy. Yeah, uh, it's not going to. I'm not going to do a catch to five k and be happy with just. I'm just going to go all in. Probably the same way I imagine with a lot of people like me who who come from, uh, well, obviously military background, but even not even that, just I'm going all in and, and this is like, I want this to change my, my life. And, and with an addictive personality, I thought, well, I'd be better off being addicted to ultra running than addicted to either food or drink or drugs or stuff that yeah I've done in the past. We've come across on on running tales of a few people like that. It's incredible this sort of addictive personality and how it can you know I'm, I'm probably somewhere in the in in the middle and I'll, I'll be I'm able to have a couple of beers at the weekend and eat, eat something unhealthy and then go for a ten mile run and and the extremes don't get too 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 crazy beyond that but. We spoke to people yeah. who kind of will be full blown alcoholic, and then the next minute they're running uh, marathons in two hours forty, and there's like they can't have an in between. They've either got to be really unhealthy or really healthy. Yeah, it's, they're like I think, especially in ultra running. I mean, I'm not. I've only been running for years, and I went straight to ultra, so I don't really know that much about. I've not even done an official marathon. Even yeah. though I've run thirty marathon thirty days, I've never done an official marathon yet. So, so there's, a, there's a there's a lot that I probably need to to go and do. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I call myself, and there's a lot of people like us, the trauma people who come from that sort of brokenness and choose ultras, and it really resonates with them. I think we're like a small part, but like highly influential. In, in within within the sport it, itself, uh, and so yeah, so that started, and like September, and I was like, I, I knew nothing really, so I just I just started walking and 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 just started uh, looking at things what I need to do, and I come on really well. I think it took me about. I think it took me about two months before I was like starting to run because like, I think because I left it that long mate, it's just like uh, but the weight came off rapidly I mean within six months I'd lost like nine stone wow so I was, so it, it had gone the transformation was was there and I was I was starting to put in long runs I was just getting further and further I mean I just thought I'll start walking and walked and walked and, and then I started to run and each week I put a mile on. Yeah. And so 
and I just started doing that way. And once I got up to like seven or eight miles, which I was doing a day, I was doing a, a long run a week. Uh, and I can remember getting up to to like 32 miles, but still didn't have any plan of, I knew I wanted to, to, to run 100 miles. But up until this time, I'd just, I'd just been doing it myself. And uh, I'd not engaged with any running people from any community or anything. Mm. Uh, and it was probably, it's probably around when I started getting into Strava uh, and started like liking other people and, and following them and just started, because a lot of people on Strava put their club, don't they, or whatever yeah. running group they are, uh, they, the initials of it, like after. And I was just asking people what, What's this? What's that after your name? And like a few people said, oh, this is such and such. And then I started to engage more uh, with with runners and uh, and then started going with, with with some running groups uh, and started going and then start met other runners who were ultra runners. And then I started to to learn more about the sport then and and uh and online group like facebook groups i can remember the first time uh i went on the gb alters group and uh i wasn't sure if i was going to do a race or do my own run or i'd had this thing of running on the a5 i just like i've i've been to wales quite a lot and i can remember Stopping on this, right? This is before I was ever a runner, and just thought, wouldn't it be lovely to run this like this lovely stretch of straight road? And I, uh, and so I got that into my head. And until I did a long run on there, I realized how dangerous it was <laughs> with all the trucks and with all the lorries and all the traffic. And I just thought, yeah, I think I'm gonna knock this on the head. And then out of uh out of one of the running clubs that I belong to, uh, a man who was starting out, uh, I think he he got this after he was producing and he was, uh, I think he was in partnership with uh, Sports Shoes. Uh, and he just said, I love your story. I'll sponsor you a race and I'll put you on the thing. And so uh, I went, oh, okay then. And, he says, just look for a 100-mile race. Uh, uh, tell me which one you want to do, and uh, I'll pay for it. And I was like, oh, okay, then. I'd, ne I'd never even thought about race, never looked on it. And so I just started looking, and I just knew that I needed something hard to do. I just thought, I'm putting myself through all this. Uh, it's got to be something. So I just went out and looked for the hardest race I could find. And the one that put me eyes was GB Ultras, um, Snowden 100. So I thought I'd pick that. That was like seven months into my journey. And I was like, yeah, that's the one that I'm going to pick. It wasn't until then that I realised that you can't just go and book yourself up to an ultra and run it. There's obviously the, the, a lot of uh, races. You've got to at least run a, a 50 mile first. And I didn't realise that. Yeah. So. I remember going on the website, booking it, and then looking at the small prints, because I just went and booked it, and then that was it. And I just looked at the small prints. It says, uh, uh, must have run a 50-mile race before, or or going to run a 50-mile race before, before uh, obviously, turning up to the start line. So uh yeah, we, we had a chap on here recently, uh, Joe Joe Thomas, who did a um, 100 miler, and he did exactly the same. He was like, oh, I've got to do a 50 miler and I've got to do a marathon to qualify for the 50 miler. So he ended up having yeah, to do three races. I didn't qualify for the 50. I just went and and did it. So, so, <laughs> so uh, I can remember going on GB Ultra's uh, Facebook group and thought, and put, he's... Uh, uh, Snowden 100, okay, for your first ever 100 miler. And I had all these like smiley faces, and I was like, nah, you shouldn't really pick that one for <laughs> for your first one. And 
they it was like a bit of a a bit of a joke sort of thing and I felt really naive but then that put like a fuel in my fire because I thought yeah. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go and do this now. Uh just to prove these people that we didn't know uh, that that I'm going to go and do it, and so uh, I picked a uh, picked a race down in, on the Brecon Beacons uh, with Limitless Trails. They're they're fifty miler, and so I turn up there. Uh, got the race, Jimmy Ultra's race in September, and I think I turn up there. Uh, July time and so that's my first ever race first ever like runners outside people who, who live locally who I've ever met who, who I've ever met before uh, and so it's just out of Covid so the, there's not many people there as well and it was just like it was just like a baptism of fire I think the furthest I've run on a long run was like 32 miles uh, and I just winged it to be fair it was a 50 miler, quite hard, Brecon Beacons with 12 and a half feet, thousand feet of uh, of climb. And so I just did that and just, I think I got to like 35 miles and just totally. Luckily, I'd, I'd, I'd met a couple of, a couple of people before the start, uh, one who became really good friends with Ian, uh, he, I told him my story and he was like on the start line uh, and he's just like don't go out full force he's just like just take your time and I can remember starting out and we lost each other uh, and then we found each other because he veered off and I'd veered off and then we because we were lost we just bumped into each other and then we obviously I ran around with him uh, and tried to keep up with his pace, but he was like, I learned so much uh, just from him and about eating and, and fueling on, on races and that. Uh, but then when I got to 35 miles, it just went, nothing worked. So I, I walked the last of that in. Luckily, I met a man, I met a, another runner. Uh, he was training for... for Ultra Trail Snowdowny and then for UTMB. Uh, they had done 100k before <laughs> the week before and then was doing this 50 mile. And luckily, he, uh, Robbie's name was. Uh, luckily for me, he's normally like finishes top 10 and top 5 and he'd podiumed on some of GB Ultra. But luckily for me, that day, he had a really bad day, obviously doing 100k the week before. And then obviously I ran the last the last, well walked the last 15 with him and I don't think without him, I don't think I'd have completed it. Uh, but yeah, I did it in about, I think it's about 16 hours. So that was my first ever race that I'd ever done was a 50 miler. Looking back at it now, I think it must have been crazy. It must have been crazy, but it was just such a, such a wonderful experience. And that was like the first experience of like, of like ultras. And, yeah, and and just quick, just quickly, because this is a that obviously moved on quite quickly, very quickly from the start, from where you were. But were you by that point feeling, oh, actually, I a I really do love running now, and also it's making me feel better. Uh, I think it was one of those things again. I was just tunnel vision. This is what I was going to do. Uh, I'm going to do it, and so and so. I think for that year, it just totally t took over my life. My wife is okay. She knows what I'm like. She knows that if I'm doing something, that I will live and breathe that. And and I did really. Lived and breathed, running, training, reading about being, you know, about um, make sure you've got all the kits and, and all that. And so I did lived and breathed. And that was like, that was my goal to do. But yeah, but I think it was that race that I fell in love with really with, with running ultras and the ultras community. You just turn up. There's no, there's no big pomp or ceremony. There's, yeah. You look at, look at, 
really like especially on the under mile as if like you get 35 to 40 people on the start line so i just thought yeah this is great at that point so still struggling with mental health and being in a big crowd for like a marathon like something like the london marathon mm. i was just like no but they're really low key you know he just the, and i just thought yeah it was great the people everybody when i was starting to struggle there was people, I remember the, the, the I think the late first lady, or was it second lady, who caught up with me. I could see her in the distance, like getting closer and closer. Uh, and she was like, uh, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I said, I'm just done. She says, I'll stop you if I want. I was like, no. And I just thought after, I just thought she was second lady and she was willing to, to stop with me, to get me to the checkpoint. And I was just like, mm. people in races don't, really should do that but they was willing to like and I just thought this is a different sort of of, of race and a different sort of people the mindset was totally different and I just thought yeah this is what this is what I found and this is what I loved and I just like I just loved everything about the the community and about the running and and, and finding out why other people run as well and I think as that was at the time that I'd I'd uh, I'd met Ben and a few other people, and mm. it's like you just you just like yeah these are your people, and so we started running together with with a group, and 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 then you you meet like people who you just click with, and it's just like yeah yeah these are my kind of people. And so, and so, yeah, that experience, that 50 miler was just something that, that the spark was there anyway, but it was like, yeah, I want to do these races. I want to experience. Uh, and so I did that race. And then a couple of months later, I, I hit the hundred and, and, and that was just, uh, I wasn't prepared at all. At all, I thought, yeah, I thought I was reasonably fit. I thought, yeah, if I can do the 50, I can do the whole the 100. And I just wasn't prepared for the for, for that. I think it, I'd done hard things in the army, but I think that was the hardest thing I'd ever done. And it was, it was just, I can remember doing it, looking back. And just thinking, how did I get through? How did I get through it? And I think it was just like, I think it was the look of people who I was with and, and the determination of I'd spent the whole of my, a year wanting to do it. And that, and, and so there was no, only myself would get me through, but luckily, the start of the race was just like I remember getting that sort of uh, imposter syndrome. I got a little bit on the fifty, mm. but turning up to there and and there was more people. Uh, obviously, because you got like I didn't realise at that time that that you've got fifty milers and hundred miles who who basically run near enough at the same time. I think the hundred miler started. 30 minutes before the 50 miler. And so there was a lot more people there in the, in the start. Uh, and so, yeah, I remember starting and was just like, I ran off too fast. Uh, I think I'd eaten some of the day before that I'd not really eaten before. And I think it was either that where I ate or the nerves just, I can remember getting to the first checkpoint and was just, going into the toilet and I was sick. Uh, basically, it was just coming from both ends. And I, I don't, I, I think it was more nerves than anything else. But I remember leaving that checkpoint in the toilet and thinking, I'm not going to be able to complete this because I was just, and so for the first 50 miles, it was just, I was just done. I was just drawn. I was just so nervous. And I just, and then I can remember like 
been so hard on myself because I've done all this training and, and put some and now I'm gonna I've just saw all these doubts that I'm not gonna complete it and I'm not gonna uh gonna go back home, I'm gonna be this big failing, have all these thoughts. I remember going up up uh up snowing up the pig track and I was that slow going up there. I can remember this little old lady with with uh the stick and this and this backpack and I was just like holding on to my sticks with my head down and I remember tapping me on the back and was like keep going you're doing great and I started and she just skipped up and I thought even an old lady who's just on a on a on a walk <laughs> and uh and so I was just like but I remember getting off back down from there and then starting uh going up uh, the glitters and then my stomach started to get better and I remember getting into it one of the checkpoints and this I don't know who this bloke was to this day I told him what was going on and he just said get two bags of crisps he said I know you can't eat and you've been sick and it's all he said but crush these these crisps as small as you can. He says, just filter them in, get a bottle of water and wash them down. And he says, do that at every checkpoint or when you get some more crisps, do that. And I remember doing that. And then by, when I got to like 50 miles, my stomach was okay again. It was like as if I'd scrunched those crisps down and they were so small that I could keep them down. It was like as if, and uh, and I can remember doing that, and I started doing that, and getting better. I remember doing the fifty miles, and got there, and it was like, I think I passed eleven at night, and uh, I remember going off, and uh, through the night, this chap who I ran the rest of the 50 miles was. It was like, he was going to wait for me uh, at the checkpoint, checkpoint five. But I was a bit longer. Uh, I wanted to change all my clothes. Uh, and I put my warm stuff on. And I, I'd taken a bit long, so he'd, he'd gone off. And uh, uh, he went the wrong way, about five miles in. And even though I'd wrecked this place like loads of times, I'd just like wrecked it. I'd gone up week for weeks and weeks and weeks on Saturdays and on Fridays and stuff and, and wrecked it. And I can remember I, he went the wrong way and I went the wrong way. And if I'd have gone the wrong way and he'd, or, or vice versa, we wouldn't have met. And uh, we spent the rest of the race together and I learned so much from him. Uh, we was just like I I would eat and get obviously having all this energy. I'd I'd want to run and start and he'll come in and tell me saying like when we was like at seventy miles, he's like, You're not gonna run now for such a period of time. He says, Our bodies are done. He says, What we need to do is eat and then run and then walk more than what you're running. Mm. So you're not like going through this high and low. And I'd never really gone through that before, those sort of highs and lows, obviously, through your body. And it was like, yeah, and it was like, yeah, it was like really hard. And like, I was starting to hallucinate as well in the middle of the day, because obviously I'd, 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 I'd not gone through the night before being awake. Like, only since I was in the army that I did that. And so it was like the first night without without no sleep and going into the second night and, and being just so tired. And I was hallucinating like like that, like from a, even in the middle of the day, I was like really tired. And I was hallucinating even in the middle of the day, seeing things that, that weren't there. And I was just like, this is just crazy. How do people deal with it? And I can remember just thinking to myself, just thinking... We was going up to 
to uh, to do the last mounting, and, and I can remember we, it was still light by then. By then, it was, and I just remember going up, and it was start. It was dusk. So it was still a bit light, and I just remember looking back from this caravan site where we come through, and I just thought to myself, "Let's look at what you're doing." I says, like, a year ago, you wouldn't have thought that you could do something like this. And I was in the middle of doing it. And I was just like, just the emotions. I mean, you're on a roller coaster anyway, but just those emotions were just unbelievable. And I was just like, I've just got to complete this. I've just got to complete it. And I can re remember, uh, as we started to do another mountain section, and I thought there was drones in the sky. And the chap who I was with, I just like, was like, can you see them drones? And he was like, I don't think they're drones. But he said, and then he looked and went, yeah, they are. And then it was like as if they was buzzing away. And there was like lights from them. And I was like, yeah, they're, they're weird. I said, there's quite a few drones. And then I realised that they were actually stars. And they weren't moving. It was I was moving. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, I was just, I was just laughing. I said, "Look, this, that's like they're just the stars." And it was like, I just knew by then that I was just done, but I just needed to carry on. So I was yeah. going into the second night, and and we was doing the last mountain section. I remember being up. Malsibod and <laughs> and we got stuck up there because we was both that gone that we couldn't we couldn't navigate ourselves down so we rung the the race director up uh, and some of the people and just said look we can't get off there uh, and they helped us off unbeknown to us the race director Wayne was on his way up as soon as you knew to to come and find us and uh, I can remember I was a bit further up and was trying to find this path and I can remember these there was a little old woman and a little man that was attacking this runner that was with me and I just kept saying to him there's somebody behind you there's an old woman behind you trying to attack and he was turning around saying there's nobody there there's nobody there and I was just like I was just like, this is unbelievable. And and I remember getting to the last 10 miles after we come down from there. And then he started really hallucinating and he was like, he started to pull away from me for a bit. And I don't know, I just got to the road section and I just think everything just started. I started to relax with, before I shouldn't. And uh, I could see him about 50, he was about, between 20 and 50 metres in front of me. And I, he was, could hear him talking. And he was a Liverpoolian. And then he's like this scase accent. And he's just like, run across to the other side of the road. And just like talking to trees and then coming back. I was like, what are you doing? And he just says, the one let me in the shop to buy anything. And I was just like, I was just in fits of laughter because... He did that all the way down the road as he was going back into uh, into Betsicoed. And, and I can remember he pulled away by this time and I think he was quite quite in far front of me. And I can remember looking at my watch and thinking, I read the time on my watch wrong. And so instead of, uh, of having an... Instead of having like... Two hours left. I thought I'd only got an hour left to do two miles. Yeah, I looked at my watch, read it wrong. And and the part going back into Betsicoe, right by the river, is really technical. I mean, it's like there's roots, there's rocks, there's roots. It, it's easy to get lost. Uh, it, it is quite technical. Even though it's flat, the, it, it's now down here. So there's rocks, big tree roots. It, it's still... Uh, and I thought at the right on going, I thought I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get in on time. And I think uh, 
it something just clicked in and I just I don't know, the adrenaline took over and uh I just went for it and I can remember getting as I come into into uh Betico itself uh after I'd done the, that really technical bit and I can remember looking down at my watch and realising that I'd got all this time. And uh but I'm glad that I did it actually. Uh I got all I'd got all this time uh to do it on. After Ian, who I'd done my first race with, was watching me. I mean, this is like at like what, it's like four o'clock in the morning. He stayed up all night and was watching me. He said, my last two miles. He said, even though I'd not sleep, slept in over 48 hours, was totally done. He said, I, I, I did like nine minute miles on, my, on the last oh my two God. miles. Because <laughs> I thought I was like, yeah. <laughs> I thought I was like, I was going to not get in on time. But actually, by the time I'd, I'd finished. I, I'd I'd got fifty five minutes to uh, to play with, but the chap who I ran with, he was he waited for me at the end, and we went over together. Uh, and he said, "I thought you was right behind me." He said, "So I just took off, and I just said to him, you'd like you'd." Uh, that you, you was trying to get in the shop anyway with your friends and stuff. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I can remember running in and it was like on the, the big green at, at Betsy Coed. I remember running in and us finishing together. And it was like, it's like five o'clock on a Monday morning. I remember running past being men who were just looking at me like as if, what are you doing at five o'clock on a Monday morning? And uh, I can remember finishing and all that effort I put in for that year and there was three people there who watched me come out of the line. One was myself, the other one was my fellow competitor and uh, and one of the, uh, I think it was uh, the assistant race director. So all that work I put in for this big ultimate race that changed my life, and to see me finish, there was one person there, and and I just thought I just thought to myself I wouldn't have wanted it any other way because it was like as if that was my race and yeah. and it was I did I didn't do it for people's accolades I did it for myself to change me, and I can remember just sitting down. And that was just, I was just gone. And I can remember just like the lady just helping me to, to my car. I just sat in the front seat. I got my jacket. I just put it on my steering wheel and just fell asleep. And it was like half past five, quarter to six in the morning. I can remember waking up at one o'clock in the afternoon. And I was just done. I went and got a big ice cream, got back and slept until then. But unbeknownst to me, all this just Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook had just come alive because the people had, like, all the people who I met on my journey were telling other people. And I just got all these people watching me like willing me all through that weekend. Uh, I can remember my my eldest daughter just showing me after, like, these were all the people who were following you. And, and it was just like, it was just unbelievable. Like, I didn't switch my phone on until, until like, I was on my way home. And it was just like, my phone was just going mental. With, and I'd gone from, like, having, like, like 50 followers to, like, hundreds of followers like in the middle yeah. like just been doing that race and I just remember just getting home 
and just for ages it was just like it was just felt surreal after then and it was a big it's a big come down as well I didn't realize they post-race blues like especially I don't know because I've only done like uh ultras and like 10Ks and, and stuff like that. I've not done like a marathon or anything, but I suppose it's probably the same. But like the post-race blues, especially on something so big, it was like, it's like really bad. That was the week after. It was quite hard, to be fair, because I was like, what do I do now? I'd, I'd had this focus for the year and and literally changed my life and and, and got, this new community and, and people around me. It was just like, it was just like surreal. What was there ever any worry that with that done and this kind of post uh, race blues that, that you might sort of just go, Oh, well, that's it. I'm going to go back to not, not deliberately, but I could slip back to where I was before. Yeah. And, and shall I tell you probably, I don't think nobody else clicked on to it apart from Ben. And Ben's remember him saying to one of the other runners who he used to run with, Dwayne, and said, he's either going to be one of these who doesn't run and we're not going to see him again, or he's, this is going to be him and he's just going to start doing, 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 doing more. And so I think he was aware that there's a chance that it might, and and yeah, uh, yeah. I think there's so many emotions are tied to it. Uh, even when you're doing them, and even after them, like it's, it's a big come down, isn't it? You know, mm. it's like going. It's supposed to like going on holiday, isn't it? Having an amazing holiday, and then coming back to to our blight, and it's raining, <laughs> and and then you've had this brilliant time. So I said, man, it was like to that but then it wasn't long before I was on to other stuff as well so uh, I think it was two months after November uh, I was on to my next the next thing that I did uh, and this come around just by chance uh, I thought I can remember going on Facebook and uh, for combat stress uh and obviously, I wanted to do a bit of charity and 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 put a bit back in and help, like obviously other ex-veterans who who, who were struggling. Who, who, and I just thought I saw one of their like advertised charity things was to was to to do was it twenty six miles in the month or thirty like to do a marathon in the month. I think it was. And I can remember looking at that and was like, no, that's not. And then I just had this thought of doing a marathon every day for a month. And so this was like in October. And I was I, it was only just after the back of, of doing of doing that. And so I unprepared for it, I just said, I'm doing this. Uh it wasn't until a, a day before that I realized any miles I'll be doing in the month from doing 26 miles a day. And then I, I like I got I was getting cold feet. But I'd already put it out on Facebook by then. I'd already got a charity page set up and people were donating money. And so I was like, well I've gonna have to, to do it now. <laughs> uh, and so I did that for the for the month. So I'd only been running 14 months. So I was decided to do 30 mar marathons in 30 days. Uh, and, and then that was just that was hard. That was like two weeks into it. Everything was just horrible. It was like the first 10 miles of every day of that run for like, it was just like horrible. It was just pain, really pain. It was just everything was seized up. Couldn't get Once after I'd done like 10 miles, it'd like loosen up and it would be like bearable. But it was hard. It was really hard. And because... I was new to the sport. I was like, I'd run on Canic Chase, where I'm from. Well, it's like woodland. There's lots of hills. So I was like clocking up like two and a half thousand feet for each, each marathon every day. 
and it was like I got halfway through, and I was like, I need to start doing some more flat else. I'm just gonna die yeah. else. But I remember looking back at the end of the finish, and I think I'd run like I'd done like sixty thousand feet in the month, and so I was just like, yeah. So I I I did that. I remember like. Uh, By the third week, my body adapted to it. It was really, I was really slow. I just got slower and slower and slower. And so, like, I was running flats by the end. And it was, like, taking me six six hours, sometimes a bit longer. So I got really slow. But my body, I don't know, it was, must, I just think it was like it must have thought, you're not going to stop doing this, so I need to adapt. And it was, like, as if it sent, like, all these... And nothing was hurting anymore. It was really weird. It yeah. was like the day before, everything hurt. I was contemplating not going on. I remember waking up in the morning and nothing hurt. And I was like, this is really weird. And I remember doing that run that day. And I think I'd completed it in like in like five hours. And like the the week before and the day, like the days before of that, it was like it was over six hours, sometimes six and a half hours. And I was like, everything's fine. It was like really weird. And I, I learned so much. And I just to myself, like, if you put your body through it, uh, it will adapt. And, and I think that's. So that's... Definitely something which we've heard from, I've heard from people who've done multi-day events before or done these crazy sort of runs across a, I don't know, a continent or a joggle or something like that. And they they, they tend to say, you know, week in, two weeks in, the body seems to just break down and, and give up. And then suddenly the next day it goes, you're not going to stop, you're not going to stop doing this, are you? So I'd better, I'd better <laughs> carry on. And, and then it kind of seems to, to, to work again. Um, but I, I just want to sort of finish off by asking one final question on because we've heard your sort of journey from yeah. from from nothing to to 100 miles and to starting to embrace running. And, and just finally, I want to ask you how much has because I know you've done loads and loads of other stuff, but how much has running sort of changed your life? Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> it, yeah, it's like it has changed my life. Uh, I think more than anything else, uh, well, I think for these the first three years now that I've done where I've maintained this weight, whereas I've not done it before, since I finished the army in my adult life, I don't think I'd, I'd done three years where I wasn't either big or really skinny because I lost and then put it back on again. And so, yeah, it changed my life, but more, I, I think I put this in Facebook before that the people that have met that have inspired me even more, and and just being part of something like I think the community as well, uh, not the running community because obviously everybody's in it for their own for what they want, but it's like you go either you you run ultras or you go and volunteer races and you see the same people mm. and like the same, they turn up for every race and you get to know these people and why they're running for. And yeah, it's the community. I think that, that changes you. Uh, and, and with a lot of it as well, because I think they're so hard to do. You do it together and it's like as if there's that spirit of core that I probably, the only time I've ever experienced that was back in the army. I've only said that when you do with people and, and, and so for me that, that, that desire to run. I mean, I've had a few ups and downs where I just felt like I didn't want to run anymore. But then I just think back of what I've done and, and then like, yeah, this has changed you. You're still progressing on mm. on your journey, and so it's a hard one to to put down. But I think it's just letting other people in to to experience the journey 
with you. I'm not big on social media and I'm not, but it's like I like small groups of people and doing things with them. It's like I've not really run a 50 miler or a 50k where I've tried to to beat my time. I've done them with other people and we've done it together. And I think that's part of what I like to do is, is run with people and experience things together. And so that's my end. But then on the other hand as well, I, I want to do things on my own way. I want to be out there. I like the idea and I'm going to probably do them in, in years to come of doing unsupported runs on your own where you've got to get from A to B and, and, and do a, a fastest now time or whatever. I mean, it's not so much the fast the time it's the the doing it on my own i'm going through the experiences of no help that really goes into what i want to do but i like to do anything that's that's hard and i think i think what i've learned as well is that sometimes it doesn't go your way either uh i think i think year two just just shown just did that for me because I think I was on such a high and I did like said I did the marathon then I did a backyard ultra where I ran I did a sub 24 hour 100 miler and then I went to do UTS but then it got cancelled halfway through because of the weather uh, that put a block on me but then I had a couple of DNFs in that year as well and then I've had DNFs this year and then I think as well they've made that realises that these things are hard to do. If your body doesn't want to do them, they should, it'll shut down and not do them. And I think it's like, it's given me a better way of coping as well. Maybe with life in that you do this thing and it doesn't go. It's like the first time it happened, it was like it really rocked me. And then now I've had, a, I've had, I've had four now DNFs. And and now it's like I see it's part of life. Sometimes life doesn't go well, <laughs> things don't go your way, and I think it's just like yeah, that's another coping thing. And I can remember doing the canal slammy Ben, and obviously DNFing on two of those. And then I can remember on the way home thinking to myself after the last one, thinking to myself, I've achieved a lot. I've I've done things that maybe other people wouldn't have contemplated at this such on such being so new to running, and I was just like, I've achieved a lot. So why am I being so hard on myself? So what if my year hasn't gone to plan? I haven't done enough. And so for me, it's like yeah, it's something that I'm probably going to do until I can can't. But I love the all the aspects of running as well, uh, crewing other people. It's like out of year two where I had these DNFs, I helped Ben on complete his goals and how important it was. He's having helping others to complete their goals as well. And then I went and started. Uh, uh, volunteering at racing saw the other side of it and I like that just as much as I like running and so I'm like not only I'm looking for races to I'm always lo looking at races to go and volunteer at because for me that's part of it as well I know it doesn't suit everybody uh and it's like sitting in a car all weekend driving to the places waiting for runners he's not everybody's cup of tea uh but I like doing that as well so that the sport for me is just like is is growing, mm. and and maybe in other in other times there'll be at the end of the sport maybe when I can't do these again that there are other ways you can contribute to it. If you get my drift, it's like this is whatever you, you want to do. I can remember finishing my marathons and being viewed on the tape like on the news. And I just said to people, whatever your thing is, go and do it. You know, you don't have to be a crazy runner and do these things. But if it's something that's whatever 
gets you up on a weekend to do, go and do it. It doesn't matter what it is, if it's mountain biking or playing bowls or what, it doesn't matter as long as it gets you out and gets you inspired to do something. Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's fantastic advice and, and probably a really good place for us to uh to 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 leave things today. I love the idea of getting into the community and how important it is and and also like particularly struck by the the whole thing of um you know, DNF that's not the finish, it's not the failure, it's just another step along the road. So so Richard, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts for us and joining me today on on the Running Tales podcast. Cheers, thank you. Thanks again to Richard Wilcox for joining me on the Running Tales podcast. I hope you enjoyed his story and our conversation as much as I did. If you enjoy the Running Tales podcast, please, please give us a rating and a review wherever you listen. It does help other people to find the podcast and to listen to incredible stories like Richard's. Thanks again for joining us today and I look forward to seeing you again for another Running Tale.